0: Did you bring your Bibles? Hey, open them up to Job chapter number 40, 4 zero. The book of Job, it's spelled just like the word Job, J-O-B, but we, because it's a name, it doesn't have an E on the end, that's okay, we still call him Job, J-O-B. It's right before Psalms in the Bible. So if you open your Bible right to the middle, that's Psalms, go a little bit more towards the beginning, you'll find the book of Job. And at Job chapter 40, this is really interesting, really interesting. Job chapter 40, let me find it in mine, or Psalms, Job, and then 40, there we go, Job chapter 40. Mm. If you don't know the story of Job, it's an interesting story of a man that was one of the most wealthy men in the whole world. The Bible at the beginning of the book of Job describes how much possessions uh, Job had, and God had incredibly blessed Job. Now, it's a little different than here. You know, here we know you're blessed because, you know, uh, well, you wear Jordans. I don't wear Jordans. Uh, or you've got a lot of money in the bank, or you drive a really fast car, or you got a really big house, or there's ways to say, here's how I wealthy I am. Here's how to show that I am wealthy. Back in Job's day, it had to do with, well, how many camels do you got? How many sheep do you have? It was things like that. Matter of fact, I was over in Israel just a couple years ago, and there's still a culture over there today that you tell how wealthy somebody is by how many camels or how many horses or how many goats or how many sheep they have. And that's what determines their wealth. That's what determines their value. Well, in Job's day, that was the same. They were determined by that. And then Satan comes to God, and God says to Satan, hey, what do you think about my servant, Job? And Satan says, well, God, of course Job is going to serve you. You've given him everything there is to have, man. You've given him everything. Of course he's going to love you. Why wouldn't he? You've blessed him beyond measure. Then Satan said, God, I tell you what, you let me take away his possessions, he'll curse you. God said, Okay, you got my permission. You can go and take away Job's possessions, but you can't touch Job. Leave him alone. And literally at the beginning of Job, within just a couple of verses, we read how Job loses everything. In one day, Job goes from being one of the richest men in the world to having absolutely nothing All of his camels are stolen. All of his oxen, all of his sheep, everything gone. God let Satan wipe out all of his material possessions in one day. Not only his material possessions, his house where his ten children were, Satan had a whirlwind come, a wind blow, knocked the house down and killed all ten of Job's children. what kind of a reaction would you have if God took everything from you or let Satan take everything from you? And then your most precious thing, your children were taken from you. The Bible says, in spite of all this, Job did not curse God. Wow. Wow. You talk about faith, man. You talk about seeing God and saying, God, I trust you. Even though you've taken all my possessions, I trust you still. We get a bad grade on a quiz, and we're like, God, where are (laughs) you? We get a negative comment on social media, and it's like, oh, God, please help me. What am I going to do? Job lost everything and did not curse God. Satan goes back up to heaven as the story goes in the book of Job. And God says, hey, he didn't curse me. And Satan said, yeah, that's just because I didn't do anything to him. You let me do something to him? You let me put him personally in pain? He'll curse you. God said, I don't think so. Have Adam. You can do whatever you want, but you can't take his life. You can do a lot to somebody without taking their life, to put them in unbelievable misery. So Job comes down to earth. And the Bible says he smote Job with boils. Now, if you don't know what a boil is, imagine the world's worst zit, okay? I mean, you know those ones you wake up with and it's nice and puffy and it's kind of white already and it's ready to just, it's ready to be squeezed and squirt the mirror, those kind. You know what I'm talking about? only about 20 times bigger, a massive giant, like a huge cyst or zit. I mean, pretty gross. God, the Bible says that God allowed Satan to smite Job with boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He's covered in boils. He's sitting in the ashes of his home And he's using a piece of broken pottery. I can only imagine it was something that his wife used to serve him food and drink with. And with this piece of broken pottery, he is scraping the pus out of the boils that are now covering his body. And then he has three friends, if you can call them that. He has three friends, and they come to torment him, I mean uh, comfort him. And they sit down and they tell Job, let me tell you why all these bad things are happening. You must have sinned. You must have done this. You must have done that. And for 35 chapters in Job, we hear his friends tell him what he did wrong. Yeah, some friend. Some of you have experienced friends like that, haven't you? It's like, I thought we were friends. Thanks for the encouragement. When all these friends get done talking, In Job chapter 40, in verse number 6, we find God comes down and talks to Job. God's let all this stuff happen. And Job is asking a very, very good question that all of us would be asking. God, why? Why are you letting this happen? How come this is happening to me? And in verse number six of chapter 40, it says, Then the Lord answered Job, Out of the whirlwind. Holy smokes. I don't know about you. If a tornado, or I'm in Florida where we have hurricanes. If Hurricane uh, uh, Sally, which just came through, came right over the top of my house. Literally, I went right to the east wall, lost a tree. It was crazy. damage to the house. If that thing started talking to me in the middle of the night. I mean, it sounds like a freight train for about two hours just trees just bending like crazy. If all of a sudden it said, Eric, like, "Ah!" (laughs) honey, I need some toilet paper and new underwear right now. (laughs) I'd I'd be scared to death. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, and then he goes on. He says, prepare yourself. I'm going to ask you some questions and I want you to answer me. Now, God didn't really want Job to answer him. These are what you call rhetorical questions. These are the kind of questions that parents ask kids every once in a while. They're not designed to be answered. They're designed to get you to understand something. You've heard these questions before. Hey, who do you think pays the electric bill around here anyway? Huh? Who bought the gas to drive you over here anyway? You know who paid for this car? Shut up. Don't answer those questions. Those aren't designed for you to answer. Those are designed for you to realize you're the kid, they're the parent, get in line. That's what those are designed for, okay? God is asking Job some of those questions. And he goes on, he, go, he starts to ask Job questions. Would you Are you really going to question my judgments? Are you going to condemn me so that you, Job, can be justified? Are you really going to call God into question? Now, there's an entire sermon that I'd love to give, but we don't have time to give this right now. There's an entire sermon on Job at the very beginning of chapter 40 where God starts asking him question after question. And for the next several chapters, God asks Job question after question after question after question. Guess how many of them Job answers? None. They're not designed to be answered. God is getting Job's attention. In the middle of these questions, we see something fascinating. At least it fascinates me. I don't know if it will fascinate you. It's in Job chapter 40, and now we get to verse number 15. He's asked Job a couple questions. Mm. And then in chapter uh, 40, verse 15, he says, Look now at Behemoth. Okay. Uh, Where's he at? What is a behemoth? What is a behemoth? A big a giant? A big creature? A dinosaur? Here's what it says about behemoth. Look now at behemoth, which I made along with you. So he made this animal, this thing, this whatever it is, with Job. He eats grass like an ox. Okay? Hello now, his strength is in his hips, and the power is in his stomach muscles. Whatever this thing is, it's got big old hips and big old stomach muscles, right? Then it says he moves his tail like a cedar. You, you, guys, you guys know what a cedar is? It's a big old giant tree. And it says he moves his tail like a like a cedar. His bro, his bones are like beams of bronze. His ribs are like bars of iron. What is this talking about? He moves his tail like a cedar. That sure does sound like one particular animal in the whole animal kingdom that is kind of recognizable, isn't it? It's the one with the long neck and the long tail. There actually never was a brontosaurus, but that's okay. The brachiosaurus, did you know that's true, though? we We all learn about the brontosaurus, and there never was one. They had the wrong head on the wrong skeleton at the museum, made up the term brontosaurus, and then they found out they were wrong, so they had to correct themselves. So, yeah, just kind of an interesting. But there's the Brachiosaur, the Seismosaur, the Saur, the Apatosaur. Some were jacked up in the front. Some were jacked up in the back. God made a couple different models that year. Some got better horsepower. Some got better gas mileage. But, you know, just depending on what he was looking for. But they had the tail of a of a cedar. I, some Bibles in the commentary, in the side notes, it says, this is either an elephant or a hippopotamus. Have you ever seen a hippopotamus's tail Would that remind you of a cedar tree? No. Maybe a cedar twig, but not a cedar tree, okay? Verse number 19. He is the first of the ways of God. This is the biggest, strongest animal that God made. Biggest thing God made. Hey, I want you guys to be able to have answers. Let me tell you, there's a lot of confusion today over the subject of dinosaurs. What is the truth about dinosaurs? I mean, we learn all of our life, right? We've watched PBS. I've watched the cartoons. I grew up watching dinosaur trains with my son, you know, dinosaur train with my son. I grew up with Mr. Conductor taking us back to the Jurassic period, right? We've We've all seen that, yeah. I grew up watching the dinosaurs. I remember when, when dinosaur train transitioned and they started making the dinosaurs have feathers on them to try to teach kids that dinosaurs evolved into birds. Guess what evidence they have? Those cartoons. That's their evidence, okay? the dinosaurs evolved into birds. There's no way, man. Scales come from a different uh, section of DNA uh, than feathers do. Their structure is completely different. Birds have bird lungs. Dinosaurs have reptile lungs. In and out, birds, it goes through. It's totally different. There's no way dinosaurs evolved into birds. We could get into the science of it. Uh, if you don't remember this, I just need to refresh myself. I've been away for a couple days. Hello, sweetheart. That's uh, a picture of my wife, Tanya. Uh, 23 years, right? 23 years coming up. And our kids, were in Pensacola, Florida. We asked the four questions in life. Did you guys write these down? Did you guys write these down? Who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going when I die? Good, good. And uh, that one, where am I going when I die? I really want to focus on that between tonight and tomorrow, okay? Where are you going to go when you die? Because I'm convinced there's a lot of us that are convinced we're going somewhere that we're not going. And that concerns me, okay, greatly. It concerns me greatly. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. We talked about the two basic worldviews. The worldview that says it's amazing a Big Bang made this world from nothing. That's called the what? The humanist of the evolution worldview. And then we talked about the worldview that says this world is incredibly designed. God is an amazing designer. That's called the The creationist worldview. Thank you for the three of you that are awake. I appreciate that. We compared these worldviews on a timeline and said about 6,000 years ago, God created heavens and the earth. 4,400 years ago, there was a? Come on. 4,400 years ago, there was a? 2,000 years ago, who lived here? Actually, a whole bunch of people. But yeah, Jesus is the main one. Uh, Today, here we are in the year 2022. Compare that to the evolution worldview, which says 13 to 20 billion years ago, there was a big, what exploded for the big bang? And then after nothing exploded, it created everything that we have today. 4.6 billion years ago the earth cooled down from nothing that got together and made the earth and then it began to rain on the rocks for millions of years and made the oceans and then the oceans mixed with the rock and made the the soup and then three billion years ago lightning struck the and it came uh and it found someone to and something to eat yes okay something and then it turned into the fish Uh, After it had kids, and their kids turned into amphibians, and the amphibians' kids turned into reptiles, and the reptiles' kids turned into mammals, which turned into monkeys, which eventually turned into you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, uh, That's the evolution worldview in a nutshell, okay? Two different worldviews here. Um, Oh, I don't have time to cover that. That's good stuff, though. Good stuff. Before the flood, the world was a different place. I don't have time to talk about that right now, but very different place. You guys... You guys are blessed. You guys were born after 1993. 1993 is when Jurassic Park came out. I was born before 1993, and that means I was born at a time when we didn't have these really cool-looking dinosaurs on screen to make us scared to go to bed at night, okay? We did not have Jurassic Park, let alone Jurassic World and now all the other Jurassic movies that have followed it, okay? Yes, I did it just come out? Yeah, it's already out. It's there. Jurassic World. World. Yeah, exactly. What would you guys think? Good? Bad? 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 Good? Bad? Good? Bad? Good? Good? Bad? Good? Bad? They're teaching some interesting worldviews in that. Okay. I I was born before uh, uh, 1993, so our, our movies on dinosaurs looked a little more like this. Not exactly, you know, Scary, you know, it's a couple of toy dinosaurs and roar. And a... I mean, it just it wasn't quite what you guys have today. But uh, so we had these these terrible dinosaur movies. Uh Babe, I remember that one. Oh, terrible, terrible. And then uh, after Jurassic Park came along and made dinosaurs so good, somebody came along and completely destroy dinosaurs. I mean, it just ticked me off. I don't know if it ticked you off. This is what they did to our dinosaurs, okay? You guys remember that? Oh, pathetic. Oh, my goodness. So sad. So sad. Thankfully, thankfully, Jurassic World wasn't done. We had had other movies come out that redeemed dinosaurs back to the glory that they should have, no doubt about it, okay? So, yeah, now Jurassic World now, it's interesting. If you make a movie and you put dinosaurs in your movie, your movie's going to sell, right? Yes, exactly. You guys have probably seen most of these dinosaurs, right? Dinosaurs really do help movies. They really do. Toy Story 3. Man, you guys love these guys, don't you? The good dinosaurs. How, how many of you grew up with Land Before Time? Did anybody grow up with Land Before Time? What Land Before Time 2? Three, four, five, six. I think they're still going. There are a ton of Land Before Time movies, okay? Lots and lots and lots of them. If you, if you put how many of you were read children's books about dinosaurs? Anybody read children's books? Okay, yeah. Because, man, kids are just fascinated with dinosaurs. You remember what that was like years ago? I know, not now. Obviously, you're in middle school. But years ago, you remember being fascinated with dinosaurs and how cool dinosaurs were. If you get any one of these kids' books on dinosaurs, you open it up the very first sentence in the book will read what? You guys remember it. Millions of years ago. And what you didn't even realize at the time is you were being taught to doubt the Bible before you could even read the Bible. Because all the books cover it like that. Millions and millions of years ago. Dinosaur train taking you back to the Jurassic period to the Cretaceous period. How, how many of you guys still sneak an episode every once in a while, let's be honest? Yeah, got to get, gotta get some dinosaur train in. I know what you're talking about. Just got to get my little fix, right? Got to make it happen. Okay. Oh, man. Well, it's interesting because the secular media has used and captured dinosaurs and said, hey, we're going to use those to teach kids the idea that they evolved over millions of years. Then they died 65 million years ago. There's no way people ever lived with dinosaurs, which means God didn't really create animals and man together on day six of creation like the Bible says. Now, you probably never put those two thoughts together in your mind, but that's what they're doing. They're trying to get you to doubt God's word. Dinosaurs and the Bible, they don't mix. Thankfully, there are now some some fantastic museums that have dinosaurs in their museums, and they're teaching kids the truth about dinosaurs. Matter of fact, how many of you have ever watched um, Night at the Museum? Ben Stiller's, Okay, all right, all right. Are you ready for this? Yours truly did a spoof of Night at the Museum, and I just made a movie and released it in December called Night at the Creation Museum. Well, I'm not Eric, I'm Derek Daly, and I get to go around this creation museum, and it's not, I didn't, I, I literally, where's my, I literally filmed the whole thing on my cell phone, so it's, the whole thing is filmed with this phone right here, but you'll have to check it out, I, I actually put, I've got a thumb drive in the back that I'll make available to your counselors and stuff, um, I put it on there for you guys to be able to watch it if you guys want to watch it, okay, and then I did a, another movie called Night at the Ark Encounter. And when you watch these, you just got to just gotta keep in mind, I filmed Night at the Museum in less than 24 hours, okay? It was a quick boom, got it done. And then Night at the Ark Encounter, we filmed in 12 hours, okay? We only had the museum at night. so anyway, When you watch those, don't be too hard on me, okay? Don't make fun of me too much. Matter of fact, I should probably show you a trailer of the movie, shouldn't I? I'm not going to do that right now. I'll do that later, okay? It's, it's pretty good, though. Hey, this guy in GeoGuide says, no human being has ever seen a live dinosaur. Does he know that? No, he doesn't know that. I mean, has he talked to every single person that's ever lived? Did he talk to you before he wrote that? Well, he wrote it in 1993, and you probably weren't alive in 1993. But anyway, he would have to have talked to every single person who's ever lived in order to say, no human being has ever seen a live dinosaur. You can't make that claim without talking to every single person that's ever lived. You can say, I believe that. You can't say, I know that. And I can tell you right now, he's wrong. Because the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in Exodus 20, 11, we read this the other day. For uh, in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. What, what would the word all include? Everything, including dinosaurs. That would mean he made the dinosaurs as well. He made everything in six days, which means Adam had to have seen the dinosaurs. Can you imagine that conversation? Adam got to name the dinosaurs. Can you imagine? I mean, just God is sitting there making animals right in front of Adam, and he's naming them. God makes an animal, and Job's like, oh, cool. Dog. Can he be my friend? And it's like, sure, he'll be your best friend. All right, next. Makes a Cat. Ha. Huh. Are they good to eat? And he sends the cat away and makes hippopotamus, like, whoa, kind of crazy, hippopotamus. Okay, wow, why don't you go over there? And then he makes T-Rex, and Job is like, ah, squirt. And he he pees a little bit because he gets a little bit scared, okay? And it's like, wow, that's T-Rex. I mean, wow, he got to name the dinosaurs. He probably, because animals and people got along before the flood, they weren't scared of each other, he probably got to ride them around. I mean, pterodactyl. I mean, what's the avatar? Literally, like, Adam could have done that, like, ridden the pterodactyls around. Like, he could have done the Fred Flintstone and slid down the the Brachiosaurus's tail. Brontosaurus, Brachiosaurus, I got it right. Brontosaurus, okay. Brachiosaurus's tail. Whoa. I mean, he could have really seen these things. He knew about these things, okay? Some people ask the question, hey, how do you fit dinosaurs into the Bible? Yeah, they're too big. You are quick. I like that. You don't because they're too big, according to what's your name? According to Cain, they are too big, okay? Here's the question. How do we use the Bible to explain dinosaurs? See, here's what you've been taught and what you will be taught. You're going to be taught that dinosaurs existed and lived back in the uh, Cambrian and Precambrian and Jurassic, and, and they went extinct somewhere between 70 and 65 million years ago. Here's the problem we're finding now back in 2005, an evolutionary scientist accidentally discovered that dinosaur bones still have soft tissue in them. These are petrified bones that are supposedly 65 million years old. They dissolve some of the hardness away, and inside is still stretchy material, which means they can't be 65 million years old. Matter of fact, they have found 16 different biomaterials, collagen, red blood cells, things like this inside of dinosaur bones that can, the max they could ever last would be 100,000 years. Well, then how can we have these inside of bones that are supposedly 65 million years old? That doesn't work. Now, you would think when they discovered these things that they would ask the question, hey, maybe we're wrong. About when the dinosaurs lived? But no, 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 that would question evolution because evolution needs the millions of years to hide in. So they didn't question how long ago they lived. Instead, they went, huh, maybe it takes longer to fossilize than we thought. They totally avoided the the complete natural scientific explanation. Maybe dinosaurs didn't live that long ago. I was in the Hell Creek Formation in Montana and I get to hold some of these fossils in my own hands. They are fossils uh, that are partly fossilized and partly not fossilized of dinosaur bones. You can dig up dinosaur bones today that part of them are turned to stone, they're fossilized, and other pieces of them are still bone. That could never, ever, 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 ever happen if those bones were 65 million years old. And... They're preserved in some terrible conditions. When I was up there in Montana, it was minus 40 degrees. Well, I was inside. It got, uh, it, got to, uh, it gets up to over 110 degrees in the summertime. You have temperature changes from 110 down to negative 40. Let me just tell you, that's not good preserving environments for anything. I mean, if you had food that you brought up to 110 and then freeze back down and then brought it up to... For years and years and years, how long would your food last? It's going to go bad really quick, and these dinosaur bones are in that condition, and they still have soft tissue in the bones, indicating they're not millions of years old. Matter of fact, I would put them at about 4,400 years old. I was there on Charles Darwin's birthday, which is February 12th. We call it Doubting Darwin Day. Happy birthday, Charles Darwin. We doubt what you taught. Okay, so I was there and I made a little video. If we got sound, I made a little video of me at this museum holding these bones in my hands. Check this out. Hey guys, happy doubting Darwin Day. Today is February 12th. It's Darwin's birthday. And of all places in the world to be, I'm in Glendive, Montana. And I just happen to be on the very ranch where they are finding lots and lots of dinosaur bones that still have soft tissue in them. Now, I realize there's a huge debate in the evolutionary and scientific community going, what has kept the soft tissue in these bones? What has preserved it? Once Mary Schweitzer discovered this and was brave enough to publish it, even though people ridiculed her for even publishing what she published, she was brave enough to publish it. And then the question became, how did soft tissue get preserved for 65 million years? That's not the question we need to be asking. The real question is, are the bones 65 million years old? They do find uh, quite a bit of fossils right here on this ranch. It truly is incredible. And I'm just telling you, this is one more evidence that puts the nail yet again in the Darwinian theory of evolution and the millions of years that Charles Lyell and uh, uh, who is the other guy, Uh, Hutton, James Hutton, uh, came up with. And it just, it, it flies in the face of all the scientific information that we have today, or the, all the um, all the scientific claims about the earth being millions of years old and dinosaurs living 65 million years ago. So uh, happy Doubting Darwin Day. I hope you guys are enjoying today, February 12th. I'm uh, in freezing cold Montana, but we're having a great time. God bless you guys. Guys, I get it. Jurassic Park is a cool movie, but let me just tell you, dinosaurs have always lived with people there is no doubt about it dinosaurs have always lived with people now you got to understand before the flood people were living to be way longer way older than we are today the bible says adam lived 930 years that's a long time so people were living a lot longer before the flood i think animals were living a lot longer before the flood animals got to be a lot older than, than they get today. People got to be a lot older than we get today. Now, I came across this one lady, and this is this is kind of a common claim. This one lady on Twitter responded to something I put out on Twitter, and her name, uh, I, by the way, I don't understand some names. I get it, you know, you guys get to have your own personality online and get to name yourself whatever you want online. Is, anyway, she chose Kitty Boo Boo. Um, Kitty Boo Boo told me, she said, no, I did not live to 950 years, and I can prove it. It was 950 months because they didn't have our modern calendar in those days. They always counted time using the cycles of the moon. Work it out. 950 months equals 79 years, two months, and three weeks. That means people live just the same ages as we do today. Is that that true? I mean, her math is correct on 950 months being 79 years, but... Did they count every month as a year? I mean, think about it. If we read the scriptures, there were a couple people in the Bible that were 65 years old when they had children. If they counted every month as a year, that means they were 65 months old when they had children. So 65 divided by 12 means they were five and a half years old when they became a dad or a mom. which is impossible because (laughs) you can't afford kids at five and a half years old, okay? We know you're not going to do that. All right. So, no, they didn't count every month as a year. They really did live to be over 900 years old. Not only did they live longer, I think they also got a little bit bigger. That's another conversation, but let me take this to the animals. I think animals got bigger before the flood. You know, reptiles have a very interesting characteristic reptiles will never, ever stop growing. They grow their entire life. People, once we reach a certain age, around 16 to 18 years old, we stop growing, at least vertically. Some of us continue horizontally after that, but we stop growing, okay? I'm I'm getting the dad bod. I'm working on it, okay? I'm working on it. Um, Reptiles never stop growing. So what would some reptiles look like if you put them back in the Garden of Eden and let them live to be 900 years old? you would have a big lizard, wouldn't you? You know what the word dinosaur actually means? Terrible lizard. Big, terrible, dino, where we get the word dynamite. Terrible lizard. That's exactly what the word dinosaur means. And there are animals alive today that are called indeterminate growers. You don't know how big they'll get because they keep on growing their entire life. I live in Florida where we've got alligators. We get alligators that are pretty big in Florida. I mean, we've gotten them over 15 feet long in Florida. In Africa, they've gotten bigger than that, some crocodiles that are over 20 feet long in Africa, but that pales in comparison to how big they used to get. So if dinosaurs were in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, which they were, that brings up the question, the next major event in the Bible is the flood. Did Noah take dinosaurs on the ark? Yes? No. Yes, no, yes, no, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Hmm. How many of you say, yes, Noah took dinosaurs on the ark? How many of you say, no, he did not? How many of you say, I do not have a clue? How many of you, say, do many of you just don't like raising your hand? Let me see your hand. Thank you. I see this hand. Um, did Noah take dinosaurs on the ark? I, I, it is a good question. Some people would say, no, he did not because they were so big. The, the dinosaurs would, sh- it would sink the ark, man. Hey, listen, if sinking the ark is what we're worried about, then I would leave the woodpeckers off, okay? It's a wooden boat. They're going to go to town. Leave the woodpeckers behind. Those are the ones that are going to be the problem. But dinosaurs, I believe, yeah, I believe dinosaurs were on the ark. Like, Eric, no way. How can you say that, man? Well, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. I I say this for a couple of reasons. Um, Noah did not have to get the biggest dinosaurs he could find. They all start off as babies, okay? Noah was 600 years old when he got onto that ark. I think he was smart enough to know, don't get the big ones. Take the small ones. Just make sure and get a pink one and a blue one. That'll be important later, obviously. We're going to need that. But um, you can take babies on board the ark, and there's a lot of reasons to bring babies. I mean, think about it. They're smaller. They weigh less. That's because they're smaller. You'll figure that out. They uh, sleep a whole lot less. They eat a whole lot, or they sleep a whole lot more. They eat a whole lot less. Um, man, they're tougher. You kids are amazing. You can run around, fall down, bounce back up, and just keep on running. Adults, we run around, fall down, and break or at least lay there for a little while. I mean, it's bad when we fall down. You guys are amazing. He probably took the juvenile, the young dinosaurs. Um, Plus, they're going to live longer after they get off the ark to produce more offspring, and that's the whole reason you're bringing them to begin with. You think he took the big elephants or the baby elephants? Big giraffes or little giraffes? That just makes sense, doesn't it? Matter of fact, they've done a study how many animals were on the ark, because the Bible says he took two of every sort of animal on the ark. Two of each kind, not two of every variety, two of each kind of animal. He took the beast after their kind, the cattle after their kind, the creeping thing after their kind, the kinds of animals, not the varieties. There's over 250 varieties of dogs, but they're all still what? They're all still dogs. There's a variety of horses. I would say the zebra, the donkey, and the horse are all, have the same common ancestor. I mean, when you look at them, they've got the same basic features, don't they? Four wheel drive, genuine leather upholstery. I mean, it's the same animal, okay? Okay just look at it. It's got to be the same thing. He also only brought those in whose nostrils was the breath of life. He didn't have to bring bugs on board the ark. Bugs can survive a flood. No problem at all. And bugs don't breathe through their nose or mouth. They breathe through spiracles in their skin, right through their skin. And bugs got a little bit bigger before the flood. This is a fossilized dragonfly. You say, ah, who cares? We've got dragonflies today. (laughs) Oh yeah. This one Has a 50 inch wingspan. How'd you like to hit that at 70 miles an hour? On a motorcycle. (laughs) Ah! That would be bad, man. What are you thinking? I think a lot of them were bigger. I think the whole world was so different before the flood. It was paradise. It was incredible. Hey, they have found fossilized cockroaches. You guys got cockroaches? They have discovered fossilized cockroaches 18 inches long. Ladies, what do you do when you find one of those in the kitchen? Back then, they did not get out bug spray they got out what's called an (laughs) ak-47 i mean it was bad man it was bad fossil snails two feet long have been discovered massive massive snails have been discovered A a fossil tarantula that had an over two foot span would you let that thing crawl on you i mean just imagine oh wow wow They they, uh, found fossilized eggs that would make the largest eggs we have in the world today small in comparison. Hey, did you see that butterfly flutter by? The the butterfly, it's fluttering by. Um, They have found some amazingly big stuff. Here's an 18-foot croc that was killed over in Africa. That's nothing compared to the super crocs that they find in the fossil record. They find super crocs that would have been over 45 feet long it would make our Crocs look small in comparison. you got to imagine, 45 feet. I mean, from Byron at the table right there, 10, 20. We're talking somewhere around from here to Byron at the table, 40, maybe even longer than that. I mean, he could swallow you without thinking about it, just kind of little snack, let your leg hang out the side of his mouth, like no big deal, right? Yeah, massive Crocs have been discovered. Hey, sharks got bigger before the flood. Yeah. They say you can tell how big a shark is based on its teeth. If you find a shark's tooth that's one inch long, that represents 12 to 15 feet worth of shark. In that case, how big would these guys have been? We find these teeth in Florida, these Megalodon shark's teeth. I got to go down to Peru, and while I was in Peru, I purchased a shark's tooth that somebody had discovered. The shark's tooth was over nine and a half inches long. Here it is. One tooth from a shark. That Yes, it was a lot of money. The shark's tooth that you see right there belonged to a shark that had to be over 100 feet long. How many of you watched the movie Jaws? One or two, either one. For Jaws, they used a 32-foot-long shark. Ooh. That would be bait for this guy, okay? I'm on my way back here to the United States because I wanted to be able to show you guys that shark's tooth. You want to see it? I'm on my way back over here to the United States, and I get to the airport, and I'm sitting at my gate waiting, and all of a sudden, over security, in a foreign country, I hear this phrase. Annie Coven, please report to security. Attic oven, police report to security. I'm like, pretty sure that's me. I'm scared. I walked over security. I said, "Hey, my my name's Eric. Um, you guys called me." I said, "Yes, sir. Follow me." It's like, okay. So I started following. They took me out this side door of the airport, and then we walked down some some concrete steps down a long hallway with nothing but brick walls on each side. And I was like, I'm walking down, and I'm looking around like, oh, my goodness, I wish I knew some Jason Bourne moves right now. Then we get to a door, solid metal door, and he opens the door and says, step inside, please. I clenched up, and I walked inside like, what is about to happen to me, man? This is not going to be good. And there in that room was an isolated table with my suitcase. They said, please open the suitcase, sir. I went, and as I opened it, I went, boom. No, I didn't do that. I I opened up the suitcase, and they they go, where is the tooth? I said, the what? Where is the tooth? Said, "Oh no!" So I unwrapped a towel that I had the shark's tooth in. I pulled it out, and then a little bitty lady came in, like literally this tall. She said, "I'm with the archaeological department of Peru, and uh, this is part of Peru's national treasure. You can't take this outside of Peru." I said, "I said, hey, you know what? You're welcome to buy it off me. It's a. I, I believe in capitalism. I'm from America. You know." She said. Uh, no, we're not going to buy it off you. You're going to give it to us. He said, okay. Can I get a picture of you? She said, yeah, this is the little bitty lady that took this shark's tooth away from me. I was like, I could have taken her, man. Seriously. Oh, I just would have known. Um, it's a little bit too big to hide in an inconspicuous place. So I don't think there was any way I could have gotten that out of the country. I just, there's just no way I could have done that swallow it yeah i was thinking of some other cavities but i know okay that's not gonna happen all right ouch so i didn't get it out of peru unfortunately but this massive. i even tried the oh it's fake she goes oh, no sir it's not fake i was like oh I tried the life for jesus and it didn't help me um anyway so some big sharks are, are have been out there have lived before okay we're from florida we know what big sharks are like okay we have seen big sharks while we're surfing uh, that's a fake picture but anyway Sharks got a lot bigger before the flood. Guys, this was a different world before the flood. It was a completely different world. Giant um, snakes have been uh, discovered. Vertebrates of snakes have been discovered that are massive compared to today's snakes. They would have been over 50 feet long. Giant turtles have been discovered. Hey, here's a Jackson chameleon. It's a chameleon that has three horns on his head. What would he look like at a couple hundred pounds and 800 years old? He'd look like a triceratops. Exactly right. That's what you'd have today. See, dinosaurs were basically big lizards that lived in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Some skeptics will say, well, hey, how did did Noah fit all those millions of animals on the ark? Hold it. How do you know there were millions of animals? I mean, he only took land animals, he didn't take the fish. Does anybody know why? (laughs) Yeah. It's a flood. They're not going to have a problem, okay? He only took those in whose nostrils was the breath of life. He didn't take the bugs on board the ark. He only brought babies. That's common sense. He brought two of each kind, not two of every variety. And how many were there, and how big was the ark? I meet people all the time. They're like, no, I couldn't have done that. I'm like, how many animals did he take? I don't know. How big was the ark? I don't know. He just couldn't do it. I'm like, you've really thought this through, haven't you? You put a lot of effort into this one, didn't you? They don't think about it at all. Truth is, the ark um, has been rebuilt, a full-size-scale model of the Ark in Kentucky. Have, has anybody been there? Nice. Yes, the Ark Encounter. It's an incredible place. You all got a good road trip? Road trip? Yeah. Youth group road trip. Yes. 27 hours in the car, both ways, with the people you're sitting next to. Maybe we should fly, okay? Maybe, maybe we should fly. But they built a life-size Noah's Ark. It is incredible. I was there the opening day of the Ark. You know why I was there? Because Ken Ham called me. He's the guy who built the ark. And he said, Eric, a bunch of atheists are going to be protesting the ark encounter on its opening day. I was like, well, they shouldn't be protesting. They don't have any reason to be protesting. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go up there and I'm going to protest their protest. So I went up to the ark encounter (laughs) and I protested the atheist protest. Hey, man, I'm there, and we're getting in great conversations with atheists, and it did kind of steal their thunder. They didn't want anybody protesting them. They wanted them to be doing the protesting, but then I showed up and protested, and they're protesting, and it just kind of fizzled out. And then the atheists are making fun of the ark, and they're talking bad about it, and they're just, by the way, here's how I protested. I don't know if I got a picture of it. I don't. Um, I, 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 brought the, I brought all the atheists Gatorade, and I brought them lunch. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> They put a sign next to my Gatorade that said, from creationists, don't drink. I thought how rude. I even went to the trouble of bringing every single color of the rainbow it was the ark right i had i mean and you know so i brought every color of the rainbow set them out they wouldn't drink my gatorade finally i started taking them around it was a hot uh, july day started handing them finally the atheists started drinking the, the gatorades they never would eat my chick-fil-a they said chick-fil-a doesn't support lgbtq therefore don't don't eat these chick-fil-a sandwiches I'm like man these things are delicious what are you talking about so that night i ate 160 chick-fil-a sandwiches I was full. Okay. Wow. Talk about satisfied. That will satisfy. Well, anyway, while we're there, they're protesting the ark and they got their little chants going, da 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 and they're cursing and they're talking bad about the ark. So I said, hey, right right in the middle of this is kind of the big deal. The cameras are on. And I said, hey, I took out my credit card. I said, hey, any atheist that wants to go tour the ark so you can see what you're protesting, I'll pay for your ticket. Of course, while the cameras are rolling, no, no, we're protesting the ark, man. No way, not going to see the ark. Cameras went away. About an hour later, I started going around to the protesters. There were about 60 of them. I said, hey, come on, just go on a tour with me. I had Tim Chafee with me. I do shows with Tim on the regular. You got to check out creationtoday.org. Watch some of the shows I do with Tim. He's amazing. Tim Chafee wrote all the signs that are in the ark. He knows it pretty well. I said, I'll let him give you a tour of this ark. No, man, no. Then I went around afterwards, and I'm like, hey, come on, come on, come on, come on. Of the 60 protesters, by the end, by that afternoon, we had 23 of them go to visit the very thing that they were protesting that same day. It was awesome. So it took 23 years through the Ark Encounter. Just, It was just so cool. But they've done the research. They know the stats. They know how many animals were on the Ark. They know how big it was. It really happened. Scientifically, physically, it is feasible. Average size of the animals was the size of a sheep. Somewhere around 1,400 animals on board the ark. We're not talking species. We're talking about kinds. A cattle kind. Do you know the the, cat, the bison and the uh, water buffalo over in Africa? They're actually related. They look a lot different now because they're separated. But genetically, they're actually related. They're the same kind of animal. Anyway, uh, the Bible says, you know, the uh, earth was corrupt. We looked at this. I, I told you some people think it was a local flood. Did I mention that? How do you have a, a flood that covers all the high mountains and it'd still be a local flood? I just, I don't get that. That just seems really difficult to me how, how that would work. Um, after the flood, by the way, a little boy was born. whose name was our ad. Can you see that little guy? Hey, Grandpa no. how come we're the only people in the world? And how do you spell my name? Our faxad would be told the story of the flood, and then our faxad would pass it down to his children and their children, their grandchildren. Eventually, you'd have a legend of the flood. Did you know there's over now, when this book was written, it was 270, they've now discovered over 350 legends around the world of the global flood. Hawaii has a legend. Chinese have a legend. Toltec Indians had a legend of the flood. Um, the Lewis and Clark, when they uh, discovered America, crossed America, they said the Indians were celebrating the, uh, the ark that once saved mankind. The Babylonians have a legend of the flood. Over in Mount Ararat, that area right there uh, in Turkey is called Nu'u Gimshi, which means Noah's Big Boat. That's what they call it today. They call it Noah's Big Boat today. Oh, cool video. A guy's doing a a film on it. I don't have time to show you the trailer, but it's really cool. In in 1918, James George Frazier wrote an impressive three-volume set, disgusted with the book of Genesis. But he was a world traveler. In his book, he basically documented for us hundreds of examples of cultures that have legends of a flood. I'm going to show you his table of contents. These are all stories of the flood. They're going to go by. Here they go, right? Each one is a separate story of the flood from around the world. All of these hundreds and hundreds of stories of the flood. And he was trying to make fun of Genesis. All he did is give us evidence that Genesis is true. After the flood, dinosaurs continued to live with man. Now, I think there's a, there's a lot we could talk uh, through about that. But the word dinosaur, by the way, uh, is a brand new word invented by Sir Richard Owen. Uh, they used to be called dragons. People always wonder, well, did dinosaurs and man live together? Yeah, but they didn't call them dinosaurs because that's a brand new word. Before this, they called them dragons. And there are thousands of legends of dragons living with mankind throughout history. People seeing or killing dragons. You get an old dictionary, you look up the word dragon, and it says, now rare. Rare. And there are thousands of people who claim to have seen or fought and killed dragons. I think they were killing the dinosaurs. I think that's exactly what's happening. I think they killed them for meat because they were a menace to be a hero. I think there's lots and lots of reasons to kill dragons, okay? The Bible even talks about dragons. The Chinese have the dragon as one of their creatures. Why would they have 11 real animals on the calendar and one that's supposedly a myth? I think they're all real animals. The Bible talks about dragons Uh, 35 times. The Bible mentions dragons in the Bible. King Nebuchadnezzar had on his ring his signet seal, the god Marduk, on top of a fire-breathing dragon. You're like, wait a minute, Eric. You don't believe in fire-breathing dragons, do you? Yeah. You know what? I'm wondering if that could have been Leviathan. That's Job chapter 41, the next dinosaur God talks about hey guys, God shows Job these dinosaurs. By the way, there's an animal alive today that has this ability, the little bombardier beetle. This little bitty beetle can shoot things out. It mixes chemicals together that explode when they get together and he can burn his enemies. It doesn't matter if you're a, an ant or a toad, dude, you are going down if you try to go against a bombardier beetle. Just poosh, all of a sudden you're toast, man, and you're going to leave. Anyway, um, Oh, guys, there's so much stuff I want to talk about here. The old walls of Babylon have carvings of dinosaurs uh, and lions on them. Uh, on the old walls of Babylon, they have these. Alexander the Great, when he was conquering India, said his men were scared by the dragons that lived in the caves. Here's a Roman mosaic showing a, two long-necked dinosaurs fighting. Actually, it's hard to tell from one picture. I guess they could be kissing. No, that would officially be necking. I'm pretty sure, okay? That's, that's definitely necking. All right. Uh, Sir George slew a dragon. Beowulf slew a dragon. Um, An Irish writer told about an animal with iron nails on his tail. Siegfried slew Fafner the dragon. Marco, when he visited China, he said the Chinese emperor was raising dragons to pull his chariots and parades. In 1611, they appointed the post of the royal dragon feeder to feed the royal dragons. I don't know if they had to appoint a new person each time. It was like, you're the new dragon feeder. I don't know how that works, but city of New France, renamed in honor of a dragon. Grand Canyon has pictographs of dinosaurs in it. In Australia, there are carvings of dinosaurs in Australia. This guy in GeoGuide says no human being has ever seen a live dinosaur. I just don't believe it. I think manna dinosaurs have always lived together. I even collect stones that are discovered in Peru called the Ica stones. These stones have carvings of dinosaurs and people on them together. These stones are from 1,200 years ago. How would an animal that we just discovered the bones of 200 years ago be pictured on rocks with people 1,200 years ago? Unless dinosaurs lived with people. Hey, guys, God asked Job a bunch of questions to get his attention. He showed Job, I believe, two dinosaurs to get his attention. He said, Job, you think they're big and bad? Would you get scared? of a T-Rex? Would you enjoy walking around in the woods if a brachiosaurus were out there and he didn't like you? You'd get scared. Then God said, hey, I can make my sword approach unto him. You think he's big? What about me? You know what ticks me off? Satan has stolen the glory of the dinosaurs from God and is using it to teach kids the idea that they died millions of years ago. And he's taken away the glory from God. God designed everything. We're going to talk about this tonight. God designed everything for his glory, including the dinosaurs. So, hey, and you so what time today? Why don't you talk about this? What are the implications? I mean, what if dinosaurs did not live millions of years ago? What if they really did live with man? What if it's true? Dinosaurs used to be called dragons and have always lived with people. Is that possible? I think it is. What are the implications of that? What does that mean for our lives here today? Hey, could some dinosaurs still be alive today? I'll let you be careful while you walk to your cabin, okay? Hey, just to give you the quick answer, I think, yeah, I think there could there'll be some dinosaurs alive today. I'll have to tell you about that another time. Hey, it's time for so what time? Got some questions? You have some good questions for him, Byron? Hey, what are the implications of this? If this is possible, hey, 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 is it possible that most of the world has been deceived into believing a lie about the dinosaurs? What else have they been lied to about? Hey, what's your perspective? Are you going to believe the truth or are you going to believe a lie? Hey, I want you to have answers more than you can imagine. I want you to have the truth. The truth will set you free. Heavenly Father, thank you for just a short time where we can talk just for a minute about your animals that are some of the most amazing animals that you created. And God, Satan wants to steal the glory from them and take it for himself. God, he can't create anything, so all he can do is kill what you've created. God, he loves death, he loves lies. God has lied to a bunch of people to bring about spiritual death. Would he not lie to these young people anymore? Would they see through his lies and see to the glorious truth of who you are, that you are the creator of all things. You made all the animals big and small and you made them for your glory. God, if you made these dinosaurs for your glory and you can tell them what to do, surely you should be able to tell us what to do. Would we examine our lives and ask ourselves, are we doing what you have called us to do Today, I will thank you for that in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.